Welcome everyone to the third episode of Birds of a Feather Talk Together podcast. This week we focus on some mailbag questions from our listeners. We learn a little bit about some of the field work that John has done in Uganda, talk about genetic mutations in birds that can cause unique patterns and coloring, and also talk about birding on vacation. Just a reminder that you can submit your questions to podcast.birdsofafeather at gmail.com and we'll make sure to respond on the podcast. Okay, now let's get to our first question. I started making a list of every bird that I've spotted. I was curious what bird you are most proud of seeing in the wild. And this is from James in Seattle. Yeah, that's always such a hard question. But all right, I'm going to just go pick one. So um, the Field Museum described a new species of bird based on field work that some of our colleagues did in Uganda. And we named it after Dave Willard, our our retired uh, collections manager. So it's called Willard Sooty Boo Boo. Mm. And one of the things we weren't sure about was what it sounded like. Mm. And we were doing field work in the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo uh, about seven, eight years ago, I guess. And, and we came back and we had a uh, Josh Angle, uh, who was working for us at the time. He's a local uh, bird tour leader. And I basically had a day and a half or so, two days, where we drove across Uganda, mm. got to the place where the bird had been originally found, met up with a guide who was with the original group who knew exactly what the bird sounded like, went out with him the next morning, tape recorded the bird for the first time where somebody knew that, that it was Willard City Boo Boo, oh, wow. and then basically made our way back to the, 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 uh, to the capital of Uganda and back to Entebbe and mm. came back to Chicago. Wow. And it was just like that was a fun trip because it was mm. one of those things where we had a goal. We knew what we were looking for, and we got some amazing help finding it. Oh yeah, the stars were aligned on that one. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. my story is not like that. His is full <laughs> of adventure, as his stories usually are. And mine, the most, it, it was the first time I saw a cardinal. Oh, okay. Because I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, there okay. were no cardinals mm-hmm. there, and so the first time I came to uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. I got out of the car and there was this bright red bird and I'd never seen it before in real life and everybody's mm-hmm. like why are, why are you so excited by that I'm <laughs> like, I've never seen anything like this before yeah, yeah. so mine is more mundane but that's the point right is yeah. that each bird means something to someone mm-hmm. else so yeah. I love brown creepers oh. for oh, example yeah. in mm-hmm. North America everybody has their own thing is it the flashiest bird no mm-hmm. um is it maybe the most interesting one? Probably not, but it's kind of what appeals to to me as a person. Yeah. So everybody has their own thing. Right, yeah. right. Uh, that's one of the good things about mm-hmm. birds. Yeah. Is that, yeah. You know, there's yeah. room for everybody to have their own thing. Yeah. So what, what about you guys? Yeah, so um, mine isn't a very exciting one, but the story behind it I really like. So mine was a white-breasted nuthatch, and we were on a, uh, a guided tour with our Audubon group last fall, and we didn't know what that was and we were everyone was spotting it and they saw one and we couldn't find it and then um we kind of got like split off from the group and they were you know maybe five minutes ahead of us and we saw it on our own and there's this hiker that's walking by and sees us with, with our binoculars all excited and he's not a birder and he's what do you guys see and he probably thought it was a hawk or you know an <laughs> owl or something and i was like a white-breasted nuthatch and he was just like hmm 
okay. <laughs> he just walked away. Like, I, I could have, like I was speaking a different language. I don't think he even realized that was a bird. <laughs> but that was a moment where I was like so proud that I remembered what yes. it was. I was like, yes. I don't know. <laughs> so, and yeah. I was so proud of you because I had just been told the name too. And I, yeah. I was totally starstruck when the guy asked and I had no idea what the bird was calling. <laughs> so we were joking. I, I was saying if he had asked like five minutes later, I might have not known it. Yeah. <laughs> it was <Yes>. like... <laughs> so. And then um, I have another one actually. Um, and it was, this was on our second date. Um, we were in Colorado and it was nighttime and we were driving back from, we went snowshoeing at night and didn't really know each other that well. And there was an owl and at the time, I didn't look up what kind of owl it was. It wasn't a great horned, but there was an owl um, on a light post. And we were driving, and I was like, I think I just saw an owl and, like, slammed on the brakes. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, I hope she is okay with this. <laughs> yeah. I hope she thinks this is as cool as I do. That's how you and, know you've become a bird watcher yeah, is yeah. when you do something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Slam on the brakes, do a U-turn, yeah. go back. And we got out and looked at it. Yes. <laughs> and you were like amazed as I was. And yes. we were like, all right, good. We're <laughs> good match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you must have your own then, Amanda. Let's yeah. So Shannon, mine just happened last weekend. We, because um, we were talking about this ahead of time and I, we were at the botanic, the Chicago Botanic Garden and um, saw a whole slew of cool birds there. But um, I saw a bird um, that I had only read about, and it was a very common bird like yours, Shannon, but it was a, a I think it's called a piebald robin, like a robin that has vitiligo. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. So oh. it was a robin that had um, its head was almost 100% white, and then it yeah. had white speckles all over it. So I was really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. For a long time, we had a, a house sparrow in our yard that had a characteristic patch of white oh. on it, and it was around for maybe a couple of years, and mm. then you know it's not there anymore. But, yeah, yeah when you see anomalies like that, it's really – the people who have found birds that are half male and half female. Yes. Um, you know, there's all kinds of really bizarre things. Or albino, where all mm. of the pigment production has been turned off. Yes. What, what causes that? Is that like, like I have like a mole? Is that like the same yeah. thing? <laughs> I mean, at some level, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yet at the same time, mm. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, what happens to those individuals is mm. most of the time they probably – can't attract mates. They may attract more predators. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's, you know, it's, but you never know. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, there's some neat stories out in the bird world of patterns where you can clearly see that partial albinism was actually favored in a small population such that oh. all the males in that population now have that trait mm. where a group that another population next to them doesn't. Wow. Oh. And so, wow. so, you know, sometimes, I mean, mutations like that have to start somewhere yeah. and so so they are most of the time just mm -hmm. moles and things oh. but yeah. you never know okay interesting can be yeah. so a mutation could cause the lack of uh, any deposition mm -hmm. of pigment into feathers and if that's how you're colored then you don't have any pigment in you but what's more common than complete albinism is these partial ones where okay. there might be a little bit of pigment but there have been other mutations um mm. And if those mutations happen in your eggs and your sperm, 
then there's the potential for evolution to act on them. So okay. if it's just an individual, mm-hmm. uh, that's, you know, not going to last in an evolutionary sense. But mm-hmm. if a mutation happens in the individual and it gets into the eggs and sperm, and say, if you're a group of birds of paradise and that happens to you and your females prefer males with novelties well then if you look like that you could be super duper attractive mm. okay okay so mm. so that robin that you saw might have been the <laughs> yeah the harbinger yeah. i mean this, yeah. this is you, this just, is, you just don't is, know yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah but but again one of the one of the neat things is we've got tools now in a genomic world where mm. you can begin to ask those questions down to levels that we just never even had oh, a wow remote possibility of even 30 years ago. I mean, there could be a developmental thing that happened, too, in 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 parts of cell division. Then that perpetuates itself where there's no deposition of pigment in in feathers that are not from a genomic mutation like that, but from some kind of developmental process that kind of got a little bit askew. But, but, you know, I, I just like the fact that you can see that bird as an individual. And, and, you know, a lot of times you'll see 100 robins and they all look very similar. They all sound similar. And you're not able to identify individuals yes. readily. And so it, they really stick out when you see something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I it, We saw like a million robins that yeah. day and we're, you know. That was the only one I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, there could be safety in numbers. That, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. <laughs> so next question is from Kathy in Downers Grove, Illinois. She says, what's your favorite place that you've traveled to? What birds did you see there? Yeah, favorite. there's a long <laughs> silence. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll start out. I uh, So I didn't go specifically to see birds, but um, I went uh, kayaking in the San Juan Islands in northern Washington and it was, I saw, I mean, over 20 bald eagles and it was like just the most I'd seen at one time. I think before then I had only seen a handful of bald eagles ever in the wild. And then all of a sudden it was like seeing multiple every day. We're kayaking, they're on the beach eating, they're up in the tree, they're circling overhead. It was like to go from never seeing them to like seeing so many was like really memorable for me. So that's what I've got. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right, you... I'll, I'll stay in North America too and I'll, I'll okay. go with the... I worked as a student conservation association volunteer in the Guadalupe Mountains National Park for mm. for uh, a summer and my job was to measure trails mm. and the chief naturalist said when you're you know you've gone up a trail and get to the end of the of it you can drop this wheel that we were using to measure them and just go birding oh. and so that's exactly what I did all the way through the Guadalupe Mountains all summer and wow. it was just a spectacular time with Birds like you know golden eagles and uh, 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 spotted owls and mm-hmm. birds that are only found in Texas and some of this part of the the, the state and, mm-hmm. and it was just a it was a beautiful remote area that wow. I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Well, of course, mine is more mundane yet again, <laughs> but but that's because I didn't grow up um, traveling very much um, mm-hmm. or with. I didn't grow up bird watching, really, and so it wasn't until I got this summer job where it was my job to catalog and computerize the bird collections mm. in Victoria at the museum that we went bird watching on Fridays. And I didn't know people did that, mm. and I didn't know people got paid to do things like that. Nobody in my life had ever 
there were no, I didn't know that was a job. I didn't mm. know it was a thing. And so those very first trips with people who are knowledgeable to help me understand what I was seeing were just, obviously they're life-changing because mm -hmm. I went on to do something that I didn't even know existed when I was a kid. But, and so that those first bird watching things, the first, a lot of these first, when you go somewhere outside of your normal, it's, there's always these first, like my silly cardinal, um, the first time, the first time I saw an armadillo, oh, yeah. for example, yeah. <laughs> there's all these kind of quirky things that you don't have to go somewhere really exotic right. to see things, mm -hmm. but you can go places where you can see whole families of birds that you're not going to see around here. So mm -hmm. that is... You know, the first time I went to Costa Rica, I felt like someone had dropped me in a terrarium uh. and the house plants were 30 feet tall and there were mixed species flocks all around me. And I mm. had no, I had never experienced anything like that where mm. I couldn't even identify. It was so overwhelming. Um, you know, the idea that there can be so much variation from where you go, you get these experiences um, that are so profound. I was wondering, when you to vacation, do you make it a bird, <laughs> like a bird event? Vacation? Yeah. <laughs> Are you like, what's vacation? <laughs> Most of our holidays have revolved around our son's hockey, oh, okay. historically. Okay. <laughs> or from going to visit family is mm. a lot of it. But we do travel for, for work, work, too. So okay. that's the reason I've been to some really fun places is mm. to go there to look at birds but yeah we're always you know i always tell johnny's going to drive us off the road <laughs> because he's looking for birds <laughs> we have stopped plenty of times and it's why we we have really quirky habits on vacation i like to go places where we can just do whatever we want mm. because my calendar rules my life mm. normally and i want to go to a place where I don't have things that are scheduled. If we want to mm -hmm. stop somewhere, we stop. If we want to go somewhere else, we do that on our own time. Yeah. I think we'd probably drive people crazy <laughs> if they traveled <laughs> anywhere with us. We used to drive our son crazy. He thinks bird watching is boring and that we move oh. too slowly. Oh. <laughs> that was his take. And that forests are scary. So oh, if no. you grow up in the Midwest, <laughs> you think the Pacific Northwest's yeah. uh, rainforests are pretty scary. <laughs> That's funny. What do you think yeah. about vacations? He took bizarre vacations like that as a kid. Mm. Oh, really? No. Yeah. So I'm, there's, uh, growing up in a birding family, I mean, I, I basically <laughs> tell people I got into birding because I realized if I was going to spend any time with my dad or my brother, I'd better start getting interested. <laughs> oh, okay. And we used to do hardcore birding trips every nice. once in a while. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Like my dad driving straight through down to southern Mexico mm. and then working our way around southern Mexico to various places looking for birds. Mm. So That's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like our kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've yeah. slowly started working that into, like, I don't know. Yes. We definitely get outside more when we go on vacation. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We yeah. do a lot of nature-based vacations yeah. and slowly want to start working birds into it. So. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. just say you're not going to see one of us on a cruise ship. Okay. <laughs> Neither of us. Yeah, we won't either. <laughs> I, 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 I do not want to go, I don't no, need to go no. on a cruise ship. <laughs> no. All right. 
Well, um, thank you for the questions. You can reach out our mailbag, podcast.birdsofafeather at gmail.com. We look forward to getting some more questions and we can field them in our next episode. But I think that's it for this episode. Is there anything anybody wants to add or? Thanks for listening. Yeah, Yeah. thanks everyone for listening. Thanks as always to Earhole Studios in Chicago for letting us record there. We really appreciate it and wanted to thank all of our listeners for continuing to support us. If you are enjoying this podcast and think someone else that you know would enjoy it, uh, we ask that you please share it with them. If you have any feedback, any questions, or want to be featured on our mailbag, please reach out at podcast.birdsofafeather at gmail.com. Once again, that's podcast.birdsofafeather at gmail.com, and we will make sure to respond. We'll have more episodes coming up, so please tune in, and thank you everyone for listening. Have a great day.